Hello and welcome to another Sebastian's Pub podcast. A uh, joyous celebratory Sebastian's Pub podcast, Rohit. We finally beat Clemson after 13 years. Yeah, it was a hell of a win. Um, really difficult circumstances, too, with the last minute in injury uh, sit out for Tyler Van Dyke. Um, just really like total kind of grind team effort the the kind of game that you really didn't think this team could win um in the past i mean this year's team has been different so far but just a really you know it was a game that could have gone either way and and we've lost plenty of those and you know they're not that different the ones you lose and the ones you win aren't that different but it definitely means something to to get that win against that team i know they're a little bit down but still a really good team and and a really good win and just the way that it happened i thought was um just really promising um for our program just to to be able to pull out a game like that Yeah, I guess let's let's start with the with the with obviously TBD being injured. Um, is so early in in last week, uh, Susan Miller Degnan asked Mario about it, and Mario basically was very dismissive of her even bringing up the topic. And of course, she was right; he was out injured. Um, at which point, you know, after the game, Mario's like, "We well, yeah, have setback." We expected him to play, and I mean, I he he was injured the whole week and was never going to play, right? I assume that's the case. I mean, they they made it sound like Emory Williams got all the reps in practice, and so it's not like Tyler was like healthy and then all of a sudden got re-injured or condition worsened or something. It seemed like from the get-go they were pretty sure he wasn't gonna play so definitely some gamesmanship um and who knows what the purpose of that is because like you know clemson doesn't if they knew that tyler wasn't gonna play i'm not sure would have changed their game plan because they don't know anything about emory williams anyway um and i'm not sure they would have done much different on defense so it was one of those probably like paranoid coaches things where i just try to hide the ball it it really felt like a hide the ball because i didn't even i when i realized that so so i missed the game uh, i didn't watch it live but i was checking my phone and it was on the game cast was how i learned that tyler van dyke wasn't playing i was like i was like the first play of the game it was like emory williams you know that throws a pass i was like is that a mistake like what is what is what is this I was like, did he did was that a trick play or something <laughs> and then i like looked and realized that like nope he's sitting out he's out for the game so you know not that I'm like I'm not you know a person that's like up on the latest or on on Twitter or anything, but 
even for I do pay attention and like you know for that to be the way that I found out about it was just <laughs> indicative of like they really really tried to keep it quiet which was you know I guess every school thinks they live in a spy regime now well some more than others apparently but um yeah yeah no it, it came out like before the game like in like kind of maybe four or five hours before the game that he hadn't practiced much this week and he was going to go through warm-ups and and he was the this i think the, the quote was he was intending to play so basically expected him to play through it and then he came out there barely even tried to warm up and then they ruled him out so yeah i, I don't know what the, i don't know if this was like a known thing and and like you said he's trying to hide it or you know if there was actually a setback but you know it would be nice if if you know a little less condescending to to a reporter that apparently knew things um and so and and i i guess the i mean we'll we'll talk about virginia in a bit and whether or not we can even trust but they now just said that that um that, that tbd should be fine this week um that can we even try to, you know we'll, we'll talk about that we get to virginia and, and whether or not uh that this is anything is believable at this point i guess the other kind of surprise big injury out of uh that we kind of found out about this one. I found out about during the game. Obviously, the the pregame, I, I was monitoring and saw the TVD stuff. And then, even you go into the stadium, you know they've got the QAM broadcast, so you could actually hear them talking about how he was out as you kind of entered the stadium. So, um, but Henry Parrish also out, which put a lot on Don Chaney and AJ Allen, and they they delivered. And then the wrinkle that that Dawson made that was huge on one play in particular was to to use Burchard as a, as a running back and obviously that that worked out really well on on one play <laughs> that that kind of was all the Kane scoring in the first half but um I guess what were your let's let's make take it half by half what were your thoughts about how the first half was managed it ended up being a 7-7 game at the half it felt like the Canes had opportunities there and maybe kind of let let slip a little bit where Clemson fumbled going into the end zone, threw a couple of picks, and it felt like, you know, the came it threw threw another pick. I'm sorry, and 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 Klubnik also fumbled, and it felt like, you know, that was the time for the Canes to kind of make make hay, and they kind of didn't, and kind of stagnated, and ended up tied at the half. Yeah, it was. It was really up and down um and like i said before it was one of those games where i could have just as easily have lost it without really playing any differently and and to win kind of feels like good fortune in some ways I, like it's when you when you think about where kind of you know state of the u type uh thinking last season this team had basically no depth um when we started taking injuries which is inevitable you're going to take injuries the quality you know sort of fell off a cliff pretty quickly we saw like kind of rampant lack of physicality lack of execution um 
And then, as you mentioned, like this game, no starting quarterback, no starting running back, no starting defensive ends, which has been, you know, they've been on the shelf for a while. And it's like, I'm not saying it didn't matter. I mean, those are key players and we would have been better with them, but the replacements were more than capable, you know, of, of kind of holding their own. And um, that's just like such a dramatic turn from last season, just the, the roster, both in terms of raw talent and development of talent. Cause like there are a lot of guys that were on this team last year that are just so much better this year. That's just a huge step forward and just makes you feel really good about the way things are trending. But, you know, specifically in this game, I thought, I thought we got away with it in the first half a little, like they, you know, you're like Clemson, we've been in their shoes like as recently as last week and the week before, right? Like fumbling, going into the end zone, just making stupid plays, um, mistakes, wasting like, you know, sort of a lot of yardage that their their quarterback was generating. He himself made like some bonehead plays like that, you know, that's our team as well. Um, multiple times already this season. So, so I I had a lot of sympathy for them. Like you kind of wonder how they're going in. Uh, I, I mean, that play, the play, the Shipley fumble was so close to being a touchdown. Like, and I'm really, really glad they called it a fumble on the field because I think if they hadn't, I don't, you know, it's possible he broke the plane with it, but it's weird because it like he 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 was well short. Um, it, it starts coming out about the half yard line, and well, the, uh, Will James Williams got his hand on it early, which I think is important um, there because like once the hands on it, like you got to assume he's got it. No, I mean, it, it 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 was it, if you look at the, there's angles where it's coming out way before, and in fact, yeah. One of the things, because I think you know where our seats are, the same seats we've been sitting in since you went to a game with us probably five, six, seven years ago at this point. I don't know the last time you were on a game in Miami. But um, actually, as that happened, I saw the fish on the side that had the view up the line throw the beanbag. And I said, huh, he threw his beanbag. That usually means fumble. <laughs> and then and, and yeah. a fumble. Um, I said that out loud. And good thing, I mean, Williams, like, jumped on it, right? Because, yeah. like, it wasn't recovered. And he actually picked it up it was over. and wasn't touched. Um, and, and they blew the play dead. Um, yeah. Which, I mean, you don't know what would have happened there. But, um, yeah, I, I think it, I think it's pretty clear. He, he clearly fumbled because... Um, Otherwise, our friends in the replay booth certainly would have given them a touchdown. Cause... Well, that's that's the thing, yeah. I mean, but again, like, based on our history, um, I'm just glad the call was in our I don't think in the I, first I, place. I, I, But I don't, but I don't, I, again, even just I mean, based on that game. The safety, right? Like, yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. I don't think it the, mattered which way they called it on the field. If there was any way they could have helped Clemson, they would have. Yeah, so, maybe. It was just so, but... let's say, a fumble that... Um, they couldn't do anything because every other call they they there's there's two standards of conclusive evidence at this point. So, which they displayed in this game, where they gave Clemson a touchdown, 
when it was probably a touchdown, but it wasn't conclusive because his foot well, might get out. But but if you're gonna, I guess I guess my point is, I'm good giving them that touchdown as long as you give us the safety. But you can't. So you I mean, can't. You been, can't. You can't have two standards. You can't have two standards of conclusive evidence. Where one, you're gonna go and say, eh, looks like it's it's probably a touchdown. We can't necessarily tell, but we're gonna give it to them. And then on the other one, it's clearly a safety, and you're like, well, there's no pylon cam or whatever BS explanation they came up with. So I mean, it's just. That's why I'm saying on the going back to the Shipley fumble, if there was any way they could call that a touchdown, they would have. It just it was so obviously short they couldn't even they couldn't even fake it in that instance. Yeah, well, I'm not gonna go on the conspiracy theory <laughs> angle, but wasn't uh, just me. It was it was Eric McLean, man. If you've li- not listened to our interview on the Six yeah. K podcast, well, he, I mean, he it was a bad call. when we were to us in the georgia tech game right like they overturn they overturn they overturn a spot which is like the you know a really not, difficult well, thing especially to not, not a especially, especially and it wasn't on a solid line where it's like easier to see it it was on a yeah. normal like in between the in between the five yard line like yeah lines. um and then they decide not to overturn it a, uh, you know, a fumble that clearly wasn't a fumble. And here, like, you know, I thought the guy caught it um, on the on their touchdown, and credit to him, like, that guy was a total beast in that game. Um, and, you know, probably deserved, <laughs> deserved, uh, deserved that play just because he was awesome. Um, but but like the standards are all over the place. Like on that play, it seemed like they went uh, frame by frame or something super carefully to see that his knee or whatever was down before he went at his other leg was out of bounds or whatever it was like, but then in other cases, like the safety, they were just like, eh, let's not give him the safety. That would be it. like, it would just be too, too stupid for a quarterback to take a safety like that. And I was like, I don't know. I think, I think Klubnik has just, you know, he's just like missing some kind of like common sense gene. He just made a lot of mistakes. And that was a huge one that he got away with. Like, you can't take that. You can't even get sniff that sack. Um, so just, um, I also think it's funny how like, you know, just karmically like, if we, if if Mario had in that situation, like even called a pass play and it resulted in a sack or a fumble or whatever, like it just would have, it would have worked out against him. And Clemson calls, you know, shouldn't have even been trying to do shit on that play, and in this, it gets away with it. It's just kind of like you know, bullshit. Just the way things work. Um, feel like we always. We things just never work out for us on those situations. But you know what? In the end, like things things went our way. Like I thought, um, I thought the offense in the first half was like, you know, first time through, I was like, oh my god, what are we doing? But as I watched the game again, like it wasn't that bad. As bad as like the results were, like. It's sort of like what's been going on with the run game the last few weeks, 
where it feels like plays are blocked and there's just something off. That's what it kind of felt like in the past game in the first half. Like we're calling lots of pass plays and they were, they were the, you know, the short variety. They clearly didn't trust him to throw downfield. And they were, many of them were complete and it was like just not quite blocked, right? Or somebody missed a missed one block or the, the receiver didn't really finish the play right. And like, feels like, and, and of course we were also playing a really, really good defense. So it was really fast. So the combination of all those things I thought made the offense look worse than it probably was, but I just loved in the second half how we sort of figured out like, you know what, we can just run the ball. And, and I, what was, what was disappointing to me was like, again, and when we go back to coaching is like, why didn't we just figure that out earlier? Like this is, you don't have your starting quarterback. Punting is good in this game. Well, like, run the ball, punt, like take your shots when you get when you get them. But the whole game plan should have been let's be physical, let's run, and punt it. And particularly like once you know once we got into that game and you saw how good the defense was playing, it was like let them beat themselves. Um, and we just kept trying to pass and run. You know, we were it was weird like. The times we were conservative were like, you know, when we actually had a chance to win the game at the end, then we're conservative. And in the first half, we're like winging it all over the place instead of running. So I don't know what what exactly the thought process is there. Yeah, but, you know, and to your point, even, even if TVD had started, that should have been the game plan, should have been to run the ball because like why was Clemson fought? Like why did they have two losses and now why do they have three? Because they make a ton of mistakes offensively. You make them earn the game, and they make this like they easily should have beat Florida State. That Duke game, I still don't understand how a team can get inside the five that many times and not score. And then, yeah, like like we said, they fumble going in the end zone against us. Um, you know, they they could easily be undefeated, but the reason they're not is because they make a ton of mistakes. So I don't understand just the approach coming into that game of. Even if it was TBD, I, I would have said just run, run the ball, be conservative, and then defensively make them earn everything. And, you know, they'll make mistakes. And, and they did the, the defensive part happen, but I don't know what that was in the first half because it was, it was the Brashard run for, well, I guess 79 and a half yards because he fumbled going in. Thank God Jacoby ran the play down. But, um, there was that, and then on the other side, just started throwing it, and there was a period in the middle where I think we threw seven or eight times in a row. Like I don't know what that was. Like yeah, like that stretch was, was like that was that was that was horrible, and that was that was I believe the I think it was seven nothing at the time. It's like that's the part I was talking about where there was an opportunity to grind them down. Like we like they're good defensively, they're really good defensively. So to your point, like it was never gonna be nine yards of carry and we're just like ripping off it's always was going to be you know three four yards of carry we got the one long run which is great but it was always going to be three or four yards of carry and just a lot of you know grind it out but it's 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 a struggle for both teams to score and you're up seven nothing because you got the one big play there's every opportunity there to hey let's let's grind this down let's try to you know even just we have a really good kicker Let's get a, like, we can just lean on them, have a nice four or five minute drive, 
get 25 yards, get into field goal range, kick a field goal, it's 10 nothing. Like, that's great at that point. Instead, just we're winging it and punting until they eventually, like you said, Bazin's stool, I think is his name. Their tight end number nine is a beast. And, you know, he made a great play. It was third and long. KJ Cloyd was stuck in. It was great coverage. And the throw dropped in there perfectly. And it was just a ridiculous catch. And now you're tied. It's like, you shouldn't be tied right now. Given that, you know, all things considered, obviously, like they, they're from their perspective, like we shouldn't have fumbled going in the end zone, but you know, there was that opportunity there to, and it felt like that was the waste. And then it was kind of ironic because the second half down 10 is when they finally said, you know what, we're going to commit to the run here, <laughs> which is an odd time to do that. But they did. And again, it was a 15 play drive that took nine minutes off the clock and ended up in a touchdown and 12 of those 15 plays were runs. And, you know, there was not that level of patience in the first half, but you know, in the second half it, it paid off. And and then obviously from there, they tied the game and ended up winning it in uh in double overtime. But, but to me, that was the part of the game, that whole sequence of, you know, multiple possessions up seven, nothing and not willing to run the ball, then losing the lead. And then of course the, the not safety, which could have really, you know, based on the way the game played out, I doubt we would have tried to score, but there would have been roughly 35 seconds left in a safety, and they would have been kicking off, and, and definitely Burchard's dangerous in the kick game. Like, there was an opportunity there to get some field position, maybe, you know, get a field goal going in the half as well. So that was a that was a big swing towards the end of the half, but it felt like <laughs> the opportunities to, uh, to go up much bigger were just, just wasted. Yeah, it, you know, it, the game probably kind of worked out how it should, as these things often do. Um, I, I think, like, you know, there's a few few bright lights we should mention. I mean, Brashard Smith was awesome. He's been awesome all year. Like, at kick returning, I mean, it's kind of – we haven't had a – we just haven't had that kind of weapon on on kick returns in a long time. Um, and what's funny is like he wasn't this good last year and the year before. It has really been more of a development. Like when he was coming out of high school, he was supposed to be this really dynamic guy. He put the ball in his hands and good things will happen. And like frankly, that just hadn't really happened his whole career. Like you know, you don't see it. You never felt like he was showing that much burst and wiggle. He did have his moments. Like he had a couple long plays against like, what was it like central Connecticut state and stuff like yeah. that. Like, I think he had a, I think he had a couple against real teams too, but like it wasn't consistent. And now it, it he, now it's to the point where he touches the ball and you feel like, I mean, it's not Devin Hester level by any means, but it's like, you're watching, right? Like if he's got the ball in his hands, you think like something big can happen. I, I just, I'm just like thrilled to see that. Cause like, it's a guy who's just, you know, been through the coaching change, hadn't lived up quite to his hype. And he's just kind of like stuck with it. He's been coached, clearly been like, you know, improved both physically and like just in terms of his overall game. And it's paying dividends and like it's it, you need like, you know, 20 of those 30 of those on your team, right? Like guys to like, start to realize their potential over, you know, the course of like their second, third, 
fourth year in the program, like that's how you build a program. That's how you have like guys starting to step up and then, you know, the younger guys coming behind them. So just really great to see, to see that, you know, on the flip side, Ruben Bain just, you know, walks in <laughs> out of high school and is just destroying people. Like just ridiculously good. Um, he, he just looks like a pro. It, it's what's funny is like, he doesn't look like a pro in a lot of ways. Cause he's just not like, you know, he's not like six, six or whatever. Like a lot of these defensive linemen are these days where you see these like basketball player types who like are just rushing the passer. He's like three or four inches shorter than that. You know, he's not like Elvis, Elvis Doomerville short, but he's like, you know, he's not, he's also not like Jalen Phillips and he just, he's relentless. He's fast. He's so strong. He's got like the Reggie White thing going. He's like mini Reggie White, like throwing guys. He's got the spin moves, the swim moves. Like he's just like a polished player who like has a relentless motor and they could not block him. This is Clemson. This is not just like some team. Like they couldn't handle him. He's a freshman. I mean, just phenomenal. Like I, you know, you heard how good he was going to be or could be, but like to be that good this quickly. And, you know, we have, like I said, two starting defensive ends out and it's like, this guy's better. I mean, it's just like, he's just flat out. He's like, what top five player on the team right now? Like he's just that good. Um, and he did it last week against North Carolina when he forced that fumble that we failed to recover. He, he's just, he like, that is just like a bright light that, um, you know, we're just lucky we got him that we kept him home. He's, he's going to be a total superstar. So just like, you know, those kinds of things you see, like, it's, it's just really encouraging both sort of, you see the young talent and then some of the talent that's been through the program getting better. Um, and, you know, speaking of that, like, just, so many guys that have been here that we've been waiting to see stuff from or like, you know, starting to sh like Leonard Taylor, you felt him in this game. Um, but even less talented guys like Corey Flagg, like he's always been kind of like the guy who knows how to read the plays, knows where to be, but never quite had that physicality or that like speed to, to finish things or he would take bad angles on tackles. All of that just seems to be like improved tremendously. I mean, he's reading plays, he's in the right place. And I'll tell you generally, like, I think we still have a lot of issues. Like the defense played awesome, but still gave up like a few third and longs that are like head scratchers. There was, there were one or two more where, you know, like Brittany Stone or whatever his name is, was like wide open and, um, club Nick missed him. So there's like still these busts where we like play really good on first and second down. And then all of a sudden like shit the bed on third down, which was a huge problem against North Carolina. So some of that is still there, but the tackling continues to just be really, really good. Um, and just so much better. When you think back to like the Michigan state game we had under Manny, which was like, you know, one of the worst tackling games I've ever seen in my life 
and and then even last year was you know pretty bad i mean think about the number of plays i think i think it was in overtime um where they threw a little swing out and it was one-on-one I think it was Jaden, might have been Jaden Davis and like a receiver. And he just, he put him right on the ground. You know, it's on the three yard line. If he misses the tackle, it's a score, puts him on the ground. You know, without a doubt, last season, that's a missed tackle. And so guys are hitting to Corey Couch is tackling. Like the guy never used to tackle. So that is like, there's just a different vibe, a different mindset of like kind of relentless physicality that we haven't had in that. Like, the defense can make mistakes. Like, to me, it's like you give up third and longs, you get beat on passes. Like, it happens. But but what, what you don't want to see is, like, guys shying away from contact, guys not, like, finishing plays. And we don't have that. We haven't had that this season. Like, even when North Carolina was running over us, it was more like just screw-ups on, like, gaps and stuff. But, like, guys were still tackling. The effort was still there. And that won us this game, you know, it was that that little extra physicality that we had that we wore them down on the lines of scrimmage, but also like in the open field, we made tackles, we like, we were physical. And that, you know, it's like pitching travels in the baseball playoffs, like pitching wins championships. Is that in football, like, defense wins championships but more importantly like having that ability to just beat the man in front of you regardless of whether you have the ball or they do over and over and over again it takes both like physical strength but also like a mental sort of fortitude to not be denied and I feel like some of that is just cultural and these are the good this is what Mario wanted to do and like you know coaching gaffes aside like it feels like he's finally starting to get that yeah and we we actually talked about that against north carolina and and to be honest like the way you the way you arrive at five wins is large in multiple games of frankly not trying not giving it your all the whole game not making the other team compete for every every yard and and again you know in defeat against north carolina i talked about this last week the um you know the team kept fighting you know they ended up losing by 10 and you know again a play here or there they might have had a shot to tie it at the end and and last year that doesn't happen right last year they quit they lose by 30 and they found themselves in a similar position in this game down 10 going into the fourth quarter and they stuck with it. And this time, you know, they did make the plays and get to overtime where, where they won. So, you know, but that's why, that's why it's important to make the opponent earn everything because eventually it'll pay off for you. And it did, it did here. Um, and, and so I, I, again, it's been, it's been a complete overhaul and attitude on this team and, and the competitiveness and, that's showing up on the field, and yeah, they don't win this game last year. And frankly, with the backup quarterback starting down ten points, they probably fold up and and lose. You know, give up another ten points and get blown out. And it didn't happen because the team competed. And really, the uh, the 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 big drive was the 
12 to 15 play nine minute touchdown drive with 12 of them on the ground against one of the best rush defenses in the country and just knocking him back, knocking him back, being patient with it, hitting on every play. Um, yeah, it was, uh, it was, um, it was something to see. And, and, you know, this is with, with the team again, not necessarily getting, getting the breaks, the, I know, you know, we, we've talked about the, the second, Clemson touchdown. I mean, you're piecing together multiple angles and, you know, assuming when he technically has possession is the same time in that split second when the knee was down, the foot wasn't. I mean, that if this, if it was the other way around, that call is not overturned for a touchdown, but then obviously the safety. And then just, you know, other things like Clemson's kicker hasn't made anything all year. <laughs> Makes two field goals in this game. That 41-yarder he hit um, was his longest field goal of the year. I mean, this is, you know, this is Miami luck. Like, even, and, and we're going to talk about Mario's end of game management here in a little bit, but certainly something playing into going to overtime is, is thinking, you know, Clemson can't really make field goals. So if we get into overtime and, you know, don't they don't get a touchdown, there's a good chance he misses the field goal and we win this game pretty much easily because you start field goal range. So, I'm sure that played into a his his I would say controversial end of game approach as well, but um, you know didn't have a lot of breaks going there where there was so it felt like there was a stretch where every time the Canes would get a first down there was a flag. Um, it there was every reason to hang their heads and they didn't do it and they fought repeatedly and and eventually you know won the game really with the grit determination and and and. Also, with with a goal line stand, it, it was it was really something to see. Yeah, that was an appropriate way to wrap it up. Just given the way that that you know that game was so physical, but you know it's interesting. Like you talked about the running game, like it wasn't. It's not like we got eighty of those yards on you know one play, um, but the rest of it there weren't a lot of like big runs, right? We were just pounding them, taking our three, four yards and going to the next plane on that drive. Like we converted a number of like, you know, third downs with runs or short passes, you know, the three passes we threw, I think they were all like of that variety. It was like, just, uh, just to be patient and take that, take what they were given um, over and over was, you know, just, just not quitting it was great to see. The other thing I think that should be noted is, um, you know, we didn't we didn't turn the ball over. We had the one interception that was unfortunate, but kind of like a punt towards the end of the first half, and actually should have turned into a safety because that's what happened on the next play. But um, you know, Emory Williams took care of the ball. Like they didn't ask him to do a lot, but he did. He did put it in the air a lot and had a couple of close calls, couple throws that looked kind of ugly, but for the most part, you know, it was pretty accurate, like put the ball to the, went to the right guy and took care of it. And like, you know, TVDs had a little bit of a turnover kick the last couple of games. And like, certainly if TVD had played, we would have put up more yards and, 
maybe more points, but it's possible he would have had more turnovers too, the way he's been playing recently. So just just highlights the importance of like taking care of the ball even when you're neutering the offense can sort of balance out, you know, the outcome for you. Like we if if Van Dyke was playing and we put up a lot more yards and points, but he turns it over three times, then you're probably in about the same place. You're just in a nail biter tight game that could go either way. Um, and that's where we ended up anyway. So like, you know, hopefully when TVD's back, which I'm hoping is this week, like we talked about before, um, he's got that behind him because then, you know, that can really unlock the offense. Um, but overall, like just, you know, just found a way and like kind of a proof of concept type of game for us. Yeah, I, I'll I'll be honest. If TVD plays this game, I think it's an easy win to be to just be transparent on that. the 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 passing game was largely ineffective, other than you know some fifty fifty balls to Colby Young who went up and got them, and then the one huge throw uh, that Emery made in the in the fourth quarter to set up the uh, the tying field goal on third and thirteen, where he threaded it into the zone was an awesome throw, but you know. The first half, less than two yards in attempts. And I know some of it's him being conservative and some of the play calling, but I mean, TVD against North Carolina threw one interception. And then the last play of the game, if you want to hold that against him, fine. He threw four touchdowns. So I think there's been a little bit of a uh, exaggeration from his underperformance. I can tell you right now, if TVD came out and played the game Emory Williams played, we would all want him the hell away from the program immediately. Like it was, it's again, different standards and there should be, but um, no, this, this, this is an easy win with TVD. Um, unless the defense doesn't play as well or something because of some, because, because what, what can happen is as you open up offensively and teams start scoring, it does open the game up in general. And it feels like there's rhythm to these things where, one team scores, the other team scores, and all that stuff. So you might end up with a higher scoring game that way. But no, this and and again, he threw the one interception against North Carolina, other than like the last play to give him a heave into the end zone. So I, I don't really, I think I don't think really feel like he's turning the ball over that much. And really, that game was lost as much on a bad snap and a fumble going in the end zone as anything else. And you know what? Those are the margins because uh, we praised Bouchard earlier. I don't know what the hell he was doing on that run where. Rather than just like secure the ball with two hands and spill into the end zone, he was trying to. He he saw, he saw the guy coming up the right, chasing him down. So he tried to switch the ball from his right hand to his left hand to protect it. Didn't know that there was someone coming from the left side too. And as he's switching it, and it's in between, and it's not being held tight at that point. You're switching arms, swipe down, and it was a fumble. And you know the difference between North Carolina and and the Clemson games are in the in the Clemson game we recovered it. If we recover the fumble against North Carolina for a touchdown, no one's really talking about how Parrish fumbled, and it doesn't really matter. So, and that's why no one's really talking about how Burchard really could have blown the game there. Um, as bad as the Shipley fumble was on the goal line, you know that's a you run into a massive humanity. These things can happen, but it's, 
I don't know what Bouchard was doing, um, doing on the uh, on the goal line there. But again, got away with it. But this just it felt like, you know, I was saying this actually as as it got to seventeen fourteen, like it was a game the Hurricanes deserved to win. Um, it was a game that you know they'd gotten so many calls against them, bad breaks. They just deserved one to go their way, and it did. Um, but to your point from earlier, there's still some of the same problems that caused the losses. It was just that these are fine margins in these games, and and the plays were made here. What did you think of of, of running the clock out at the end of regulation? Well, I thought it was. I thought I thought the whole sequence was weird, and this is that's the part that kind of gets me. A lot of the time on this clock management stuff is that there, there doesn't seem to be a plan, right? Like it's it's sort of on a whim. We're not coming out. You're getting the ball, so everybody's been on the sideline. You've had time to consider your options and what the next series is going to look like. And we never seem to have a consistent plan in these situations. Like in the North Carolina game the previous week, we talked about in the first half how we got. Um, down inside the the 15 or or whatever it was, and we should have been able to take three shots in the end zone. And instead, we ended up taking basically one because of wasting a, wasting a play on a spike and then throwing one short in the end zone um, inexplicably. Inexplicably, so it just doesn't seem like there's a there's a <clears throat> it's it's just not a well drilled operation and. You know, that possession, we came out sort of not fully conservative. Like, there was some runs, but there was we were also attempting passes. So it's like, what are we doing? If we're trying to run the game out, let's just run it over and over. If we happen to break one for 20, 30 yards, maybe we change our minds. The thing is, we did kind of break one. I mean, we didn't break it for, you know, life-changing yardage, but we were we were sniffing midfield and then let the while letting the clock run ran some like really crappy pass play that didn't work and then decided to run the clock out after that so it was like i don't know what the thought process is there i guess is it, you know what was like the you know what decisions were like what was the decision tree on that one it doesn't seem like there ever is one and i'm sure there isn't one like you know it's just like not a strong suit for mario or the coaching staff um but that's the part that's frustrating like i actually don't even necessarily disagree like when we get that ball back with being like you know what we're not going to lose this game now by taking a sack fumble or throwing a pick six. Remember, we're a team that that lost a game a couple of weeks ago when just trying to run plays. So there's maybe some scars from like, you know, things can actually turn on you pretty quick. But then the, the, the move should have just been to run it, you know, from the jump on that drive. And, and we weren't doing that. So that's the part of it that just like, you know, is, is a little frustrating. I, I would have been fine if he was like, you know what, let's take this to overtime. We've got the physical advantage tonight. Um, we're going to win this game in overtime. Let's just, let's just take, run it or even, I mean, I don't know if we could take any, because I don't remember what their 
timeout situation was and we don't always realize when we can take a knee but no, um, no knees will be taken man no, no knees, knees. we don't take knees so like i just that was the part of it like it, it it's like this is the repeated error is that you know the plan is there is no plan and that's just kind of like fucked up for late game situations or late half situations there there should be a plan yeah, and, and I tend to agree. Like, I, I was totally fine being very conservative there. I think the drive started around our 30. Look, we've talked about how, um, about how, uh, they're, you know, the, 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 the kicking game for Clemson is suspect. So maybe that allows you to take a little bit more of a chance. We'd already made his season long in that game. So don't put anything to chance. My issue was. I, I thought the first two plays were fine. You know, we got the first, you always want to get that first, first down. There was 50 something seconds left. My issue was at that point, I'm fine running the ball. I'm fine being conservative. You got to me, you got to get up to the line and snap it quicker and try like, you know, get the snap in five to 10 seconds. If you run the ball again, maybe you pop one, then you're at midfield. There's still 30 seconds left. You still got a timeout to run the whole play clock out and the, and then just run the clock out to me was a waste opportunity there because it was first down. Um, and to me, there was a chance to, to at that point, um, get into field goal range without really taking a risk. Like just, you know, snap the ball a little bit quicker so you get another couple of plays to see where you end up because then there's an opportunity to, to, you know, kick a field goal and win. In, in regulation, obviously, eventually one in in overtime, in second overtime. Um, but that was that that to me was a missed opportunity. Although I, I again I totally understand the uh the uh um I, I understand the approach of hey, we've gotten back into this game. Certainly in an overtime situation, the team with the better kicker has a huge advantage. So I get all of that. I just I think it was is probably an oversettle. There was an opportunity there to maybe, you know, be conservative and still, still, uh, still get get points um, out of that and win the game. All right. With that said, then overtime obviously starts. Um, Clemson kicks a field goal. We kick a field goal. Both teams, you know, we 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 had a we had a third and short and got stuffed on it for them. It was a, another Ruben Bain sack kind of short circuited their drive. Second overtime, it was AJ Allen's turn to score a touchdown and and get the two. And then obviously the goal line stand ends the, ends the game. Just let talk about that end, I guess sequence of plays and 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 your thoughts on the defense there because it, it was first and goal from the two for Clemson. They did not score. Yeah, it was just massive. And, like, you know, the, we keep um, his stats always out there about how good the the defense was. They only rushed for, more like, 31 yards or whatever it is. Um, but, you know, that counts sack yardage. I, I don't think – I don't think we completely shut down the run in that game. Like, they had probably, like, three, three and a half yards of carry or something. So it wasn't like, wasn't like a complete, you know, they couldn't move the ball at all. But I thought it was interesting. Like we, we just wore them down, you know, and I think that was pretty, 
clear like they just couldn't really block us anymore um towards the end and they did they did enough to get down there you know and they were they were on the two but it was like we knew you know from earlier in the game too like that we just had that confidence and i think you know all that fourth quarter program stuff like just sounds really cheesy and you you wonder if it really matters but our team like there this is multiple games now where like we play to the end we finish games we we get stronger as the game goes on or at least it seems that way and this was sort of the icing on the cake like you know you've got to defend your turf from two yards out and uh we were able to do it and you know, Notre Dame wasn't able to do it against Ohio State earlier this year when they had to, to keep them out um, to avoid losing. Um, and we were, right? So, like, I think that's that that in and of itself is is huge. Um, and I think the, it's, it's, again, the physicality of the team. Like, we're just – it feels more like we're built for it. Like – we're not going to get pushed around. We're not afraid. Um, and if you want to win, you got to beat us. Um, but they were also like, I just think the defense is so much better coach than last year. Like they're, it's not just like the physical, like run plays, like, you know, again, like we were, we were in position when they tried to throw down there too. Um, we had, we tackled guys in space. We didn't, we just didn't, you know, there's so many, when you're, when they're on that position in the field, like you're sort of susceptible to everything. They can run, they can pass. You see it all the time where like, there's the play of like sneaking the tight end and the flat or sneaking the motion guy. And it's like really, really hard to cover. And we just didn't fall for, for any of it. So just a combination of like discipline and, and interestingly, like last week at North Carolina, we had all those like screw ups in the secondary where like, you know, we left guys in the wrong coverage or like we didn't help. Right. And we just weren't tight. And we, like I said earlier, we had some mistakes this week, like we still like having some trouble covering on long yardage situations and stuff, but, but we did a lot right and guys were in the right position. Um, and like whatever they threw at us, we were just even better um, than they were on the response. So just kind of like a cathartic way to end the game. And he felt good because we were down 10, fought to get into overtime. And it really, the overtime was nerve wracking because like it felt like we should we should be in control. Like we were, we were clearly in the fourth quarter. We were the stronger team until we possessed the ball for most of it, most of it. So they were tired. So it felt like advantage was us in overtime. But then when their guy drilled the field goal, you're like, what the hell is going on? And yeah, you know, we should shout out Borigalis too. Like the dude is money. He just like stroked those kicks like it was nothing, both in regulation and in overtime. Like. He's awesome, and he's just such a weapon. Um, and it, it's telling that you're, you know, you're in those situations where you need these big tying kicks, and you like don't worry at all that he's going to make it. Um, 
but it just felt like that game was ours for the taking and wasn't the smoothest overtime, but, but just felt like we were fresher and we weren't going to be denied. Yeah. And, and, and like I said earlier, if I felt like we, we, we deserved one of these to go our way, right. It's like you said, all of a sudden this dude's making feel like, let's be real. If this guy kicked like that against Florida state, Florida state's not undefeated. Right. I mean, this is like, it and, and, and of course against us, he's making his kicks. Like you're right. Borgalis right down the middle. Those weren't even in doubt, but we shouldn't take for, take him for granted, but he is one of the better kickers in the country. So it's you'd be surprised if he missed a 32-yard field goal. Clemson's kicker, however, hadn't made a 40-plus-yard field goal all year long. They were 4 of 10 on field goals. They make them both. Um, that That is a low probability uh, uh, um, um, execution there. So, you know, felt like we still can – we just need that one break to get over the hump, and we couldn't get it, and then – like you said, it almost was a fitting end because we didn't get a break. We just out-executed them at that goal line sequence, that second down play where they where they sent the guy in motion and flood the flooded that side of the field. Every time you see a team run that, someone comes free and slips open. Um, in this case, we did such a great job of passing off all the receivers. No one was open. Very nearly got an interception. And then, I mean... Corey flag reading that play at the end while West crashed down on on the on the running back in case they'd given it to him like that was just again perfectly defended and even behind the play after West had crashed down he when he when he chased the play down he still was covering the tight end which is why Klubnik couldn't just like throw it back across his body and try to work it to the tight end so it was just we out executed him on that goal line sequence and and won the game there. And it is, uh, it is wind in the sails of the program. Um, and they might need it with a surprisingly tough Virginia team coming to, to, to HRS this weekend. Virginia up to two and five now with a win at North Carolina. The, the same, yes, the same North Carolina team that handled the Canes a couple of weeks ago. Um, so they're coming in with momentum. And they've been very competitive Um in in their ACC games, both they have their two ACC losses are both by three points. One of their other losses is by a point to James Madison, granted, but still by a point. Obviously, they beat North Carolina by four, so they are they are a team that can definitely keep a game close and force you to work for it. And as North Carolina found out, as we found out against Georgia Tech, regardless of like missed calls or whatever, um, you know, you get into a close game with anyone in the ACC. There is enough good players on a team that it can blow up in your face, and and that's that that's what happened to North Carolina last weekend. We certainly don't want to get into one of those situations with Virginia. Now, looking at you know, we should be able to run the ball, um, but again, we said that against Georgia Tech, and then really couldn't. Um, and we should be able to uh, to hopefully keep TVD clean in this game, as 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 Virginia is not a big sack team now. Um, Injury updates. Um, as of now, it looks like, uh, well, I mean, Nigel Lee Kelly apparently is out for the year. So that that is a blow. We've already been thin at defensive line. Now, apparently, Mesidor has progressed to the point where he's maybe expected to play, which would be a huge lift having him on the other side of Ruben Bain now. Um, but losing Kelly is a loss. 
Still uh, no news on Henry Parrish. Uh, TVD should play is the, is the news there. No news on Fletcher either or Trevante since we could be could be kind of light at running back again, which is kind of the two um, with uh, with AJ Allen and uh, and uh, of course Don Cheney. So more, more we'll see what the injuries look like on on Saturday. But overall, what is, what is your uh, take coming into this game? Well, you nailed it. Like it's it's a conference game, which means you just have to take it seriously. Um, and you know, I don't want to say we didn't take the Georgia Tech game seriously. We, I, I thought we definitely took the North Carolina game seriously, and they just yeah, you know, they were just better than us, and we made a lot of mistakes. Um, Georgia Tech, like you know, we went over that ad nauseum, but just didn't feel like we we made we made some huge mistakes obviously and that's what happens in these games like you can be better you can outperform the other team but they if you're not ready they can clip you um virginia is like you know they're not one of the top end teams in the league but like we said they've got dudes and like if we don't show up they can beat us so there's just no like there's no weeks off in the ACC. And I think we got maybe got fooled at least as a fan base from the beginning of the season thinking there were going to be like easy games and hard games. And we got in the conference play and we've had you know, three conference games and they've all been tough. They've all, they've all been battles from start to finish. Um, and I wouldn't expect anything different here. Like, I think we're going to have to fight for this um, and we should be prepared to do that. And look, this Virginia team is really dangerous just because they've obviously gone through a lot. They've, they've been through things that no one should ever have to deal with. Um, and unfortunately these things keep happening um, for whatever reason. And they, you know, they started out this season on the wrong foot, but they've been fighting. And, you know, just like we felt like we've been fighting to get over the hump, and maybe we did against Clemson finally. Well, they've been fighting just to get a win. And, you know, they came up short early in the season, had close losses, and they finally got one against a lesser team in William and Mary, but then that was the momentum they needed. That was, that gave them that belief. And with a bunch of 18 to 22 year olds who are, who are all, you know, pretty good when you're not head and shoulders above your opponent, like sometimes momentum, sometimes that confidence playing loose um, is, is just what you need to get going. And it seems like that's what they had against North Carolina. Like they did, they did things to North Carolina that we couldn't do, right? Like they, they just ran it all over them. They were able to stop them. Um, they just like that was just a totally different team. So they see they they may be feeling like, hey, we figured out how to win. Um, and you know, those first few games of the season might be irrelevant. Like they might have found a way to turn it around. So I think like at the same time that that I think is all true. Like Mario is the guy for, for this sort of scenario where it's like, 
keep the main thing the main thing and grind it out and you know respect your opponent like he says that stuff all the time um and this will be a, just a good test for like whether the players have learned the lesson i think having the georgia tech game hopefully helps us sort of realize like you can leave no doubt in these games if you do like something's gonna happen you're gonna get a bad call you're gonna have some weird balance of turnover and you're gonna lose the game so if you want to win be ready to go from the jump and leave no doubt just just take take what's yours um so we'll we'll see like i i think like I think turnovers are going to be huge in a game like this. Like, it's hard to see us losing this game if we don't make mistakes. I'll put it that way. Yeah, it's not always easy to avoid those mistakes, right? So, um, that's where it's important to, again, I think, make them earn everything as well. So that way, you know, your mistakes are more um, are more recoverable. Like even going to the North Carolina game, like there was the TVD interception, there was a fumble going into the end zone. There was uh, the uh, personal foul by the coach on fourth and one, potentially cost us seven points. Um, there was the missed snap while driving. Um, but those are compounded by you know, not getting off the field on third and goal from the 18, not getting off the field on third and 20, um, and, and allowing touchdowns to those plays. So, and that's why it's important not to give them anything cheap. I think I feel like if we make them earn everything, we'll be fine. And and like you said, that's what Mario's trying to do. Haven't we've been a little bit inconsistent with that this year. The other thing you mentioned, you know, the tragedy and kind of the, the, the tough year Virginia's had. Um Deshaun Perry, uh, one of the uh, players that you know was 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 murdered uh, last year, is is a Miami native um, from Gulliver, so he will be um, honored before the uh, before the game um, on uh, on Saturday. So it'll be a little bit of an emotional time, I think, for a lot of people. Um, unfortunately, yeah, yeah, he was he was one of the victims there, um, but you know. On the field, it does it does feel like a game that Miami should win, favored by. Um, let me look at this. Last I saw was eighteen and a half. Oh, it's moved to nineteen. So favored by nineteen. Um, do you have a, a a prediction here? Yeah, I mean, I think this is not going to be high scoring again. Like. I, I'm assuming Van Dyke plays, um, but, you know, I guess whether he does or not, I, maybe this is wishful thinking. I, I would I would like to just continue to focus on running the ball and establishing that and punting if we need to. Like, I think the plays will come in the passing game if we don't force them, and I feel like we've been forcing them a lot and throwing a lot more than we need to in situations that don't set up our quarterback to succeed. So I actually wouldn't mind the kind of conservative game plan here and let the defense win this game. Like they, Virginia sort of, it was an anomalous game against North Carolina where they 
you know, they were able to just like pound it on them, keep running, uh, running and have some success on offense. Um, and then, you know, Mac Brown also decided not to kick field goals a couple times when he probably should have. So analytics for you. Um, they, I just think if this becomes a game of like us taking care of the ball and taking our chances when we have them and then letting the defense do what it's been doing for the most part, that's a recipe for a win. I don't think they'll score very much. And um, I think we'll score enough. 19 seems high, but I'm not that far off from it. Like, I think, I I think Virginia scores in like the teens in this game. So it's like, you know, they're, they're like 13 and then whether we're at, you know, in the twenties or thirties, I think, you know, hopefully, hopefully that's what we're worried about is like how much we're winning by and as opposed to just winning. But I, I think that's where we'll be this week. I think we'll win like 24 to 13. Yeah. I'm not that far off of you. I think I have it 27 to 10. Um, you know, I'm on so many platforms as far as hard to remember what I picked in the other ones. I think I said 27 to 10 on Monday's skate show. So let's hope I'm being consistent. Um, I, I kind of agree with your analysis, though. I think it'll be lower scoring than you would think, um, you know, but I think it'll be just a grind it out. One of those kind of like you have a working margin, you kind of maintain it through the game, but you never really put it away. But it's never really, you know, like to the point where oh, if they make a play here, we lose. It's kind of just just enough of a margin where it's not panic time the one thing i will say though um if for it looks like tbd is going to play if for whatever reason he can't this becomes a very very dangerous game because look emory williams made some big throws in the fourth quarter he also threw for like 150 yards total and his yards per attempt was was five was under five and they now have tape on him from a week. They're going to notice, like, for example, when it got pressure time, as much as everyone criticized TVD for throwing to X too much, like, he pretty much just locked in on Restrepo, I mean, on uh, Colby Young and was throwing to him on every play at the end. Like, these are the things that after a week of film, like you said, Clemson didn't really have really anything to prepare off of. Well, well Virginia does. And after a week of... Uh, after a week of getting, getting um, getting film on him, and then making those adjustments, and and knowing how much they're probably going to load up on our run if Emory Williams is in there, and Virginia has a bad run defense, so maybe it's not enough. But I think it would be, this game is going to be really tight if he plays. So hopefully it is TVD because I think, I think he does make a big difference for this team. Um, with that said. That game is at 3.30 on uh, Saturday at Hard Rock Stadium. Next to last road game, so, I mean home game, so we're running out of home games. There's still uh, three more road games after this one, but uh, that will be the uh, only only home game after that is uh, is Louisville on the uh, 17th. But, um, so yeah, it's 3.30 if we're heading out to the Rock. Uh, if not, the game is on, I want to say ACC Network. It is. Um, yeah, ACC we're on Network. like an ACC Network streak. 
middle of a three three game streak of ACC yeah network. yeah it'll be ACC network um 330 um and and yeah and, and you mentioned that the three game streak the uh the next one after that is North Carolina State at 8 p.m um also on ACC network um but we'll obviously be back next week to talk about this game um and uh preview uh North Carolina which which both of us will be going to together I don't remember the last time I went to a game together dude I know it's kind of ridiculous, but was it was um, it Florida State in 2018 that comeback? I think it was. It's been five years. I think it was. Damn. Yeah, I know. COVID threw a wrench in it. That's true. That is true. There's <laughs> some there like, some dead years in yeah. there. Um, COVID executive decision to not watch us get killed by Alabama. You know. <laughs> Those yeah. types of, the the travel opportunities were kind of eh, should we really be doing this um you well were the smart. one that was always available was where the road games at virginia and that just hasn't worked out for me you, for and, and, several years and you, and you were smart enough to uh to to avoid the worst game of football i've ever seen last year so so <laughs> smart move there um yeah. You, I, I'm forever scarred by that game. Um, oh, God, yeah. I guess we couldn't couldn't end without bringing that up. Well, I mean, <laughs> it's very rare that you win an overtime game with the quarterback running the ball in the end zone, and you're coming out of that play thinking that was one of the dumbest things I've ever seen a quarterback do. Yeah. <laughs> and it won the game. How far we've come. Yeah. Well, and like, you know, it's funny, like, He's gone. The guy who replaced him can't get on the field. Um, yeah, it's, actually, it's a I, different I was pretty surprised right? that there was not, you know, some attempt to get get the ball in his hands a little bit there at some point. Um, but yeah, I mean, he has not stepped on the field this season. Yeah, so. which, which again, you can play four games without red shirt with still red shirt. So yeah, I, I assume he's probably headed to the portal at this point if he couldn't even get some snaps. In, yeah, in, in unless they said, you know, we're saving you for the last four and you're going to play in all of them, which I guess is possible. But uh, I think that's unlikely at this time. You're going to unleash me against Florida State or something like that. Yeah. I, I feel uh, like I feel like trailing against Clemson and Emory Williams, let's be real, he was bad for a lot of that game. And not even, like, considering putting Jakari in, to me, kind of was, that was the writing on the wall there. Yeah, well, we'll see what happens. See if he yeah. gets on the field. I like him. I still think that's he's a that's great, the thing. He's a great I think kid, it's, great player. I think I think there. Yeah, I I I think there's there's a way to to use him to bring things to these offense that no one else can bring. But um, you know, if they're not gonna work it work with him in that kind of style, then then it does waste him quite a bit. So yeah. I just thought there there must be some kind of a package where where you know it's run heavy with him and throwing off of that that must exist somewhere. <laughs> but yeah, I'm I, I'm surprised we haven't seen him once this year, like yeah. even in a wildcat package or yeah, something, exactly. which was how we debuted him last year, and he was very effective that way, but. Yeah, you know, maybe maybe it will. Maybe it may happen against Florida State. Who knows? Like that might be the. I mean, he played a shit ton against them last year, for yeah. better or worse. Yeah. So he's not going to be afraid of like 
stepping on the field against those guys. Like, I mean, yeah, I mean, like, he, start, he yeah. started games on the road at Clemson and at uh, yeah. Georgia Tech last year. I mean, he's he's got the experience. Yeah, I'll say be an interesting thing to keep an eye on. Yep. But anyway, hope, hopefully there's no reason to put any backups in this week because we get a TVD back healthy. Um, but we'll be back next week to talk uh, Virginia and uh, preview the uh, the game in, uh, in Raleigh against North Carolina State. Until then, I want to thank everyone for downloading. And as always, go Canes.